Hi, I'm Megan. I'm Colin. And this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional. Confessional. An open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Hi, welcome to episode 204. Hello. (laughs) Thank you to our sponsor, Palmetto Scoopers, and our awesome producers. If you would like to learn how to become a producer and support us with just the price of a cup of coffee every month, you can go to PetSitterConfessional.com slash support. So a few weeks ago, we had a Q&A episode to celebrate our 200th episode, and we got a lot of questions about us personally. So we thought we'd make a bespoke episode about them. And specifically, the questions were, what did you both do prior to running your own pet care business? And did your previous work experience influence the way you operate? Another question was, I have always wanted to know how the love story began. (laughs) AK, how did he propose? What made y'all the power couple y'all are today? And at what point do you decide to stop working for a company and go into business for yourself? Then there was, do you have your own pet sitting biz or do you pet sit through Rover? So if you don't want to learn more about us, you can skip this episode. (laughs) We hope you don't. But so this is our journey so far. We both grew up in Missouri. I grew up near Springfield, Missouri. Megan grew up in St. Louis. Yes. Yeah. And we both uh, took care of a lot of pets growing up. I had gerbils and hamsters, chickens, horses, tons and tons of dogs growing up. And then even in my undergraduate, I started to do some pet sitting, mostly for a lot of the professors at the university. One of them was taking care of the hingeback tortoises that he kept in stables in his basement and ball pythons as well. Yeah. And then I think they had some horses as well. Some ponies that they had to take care of. uh, Yeah. And that were in stables outside. Yeah. And so I grew up with one dachshund. His name was Bagel. I I named him when I was nine, which is kind of where Bagel came from because it's something a nine-year-old would think of. And I also did a little bit of pet sitting for some friends from church growing up when I was a teenager. So we both had a little bit of experience before we did this together professionally. But before we were pet sitting together, the magic all started back at Missouri State (laughs) University, which is where we both went to for our undergraduates. We were both in the biology department pursuing biology undergraduate degrees. And I first came in contact with Megan because Megan was working in a lab for this professor and she was sorting aquatic invertebrates from detritus samples from around the city of Springfield. She was sitting looking into a dissecting microscope and sorting and counting all the stuff. And she was getting paid for it and she did a really good job. Oh, thank you. I volunteered for probably less than an hour. (laughs) I I remember it being one hour. Came in, thought I was all the hot stuff, uh, and then was gone. And I don't think I left a really good impression on Megan. (laughs) To be honest, I mean, not really. (laughs) You had just volunteered for one hour and I was in the middle of this really long, intensive project. And so it just kind of felt like you could have given a little bit more, but you know, it's fine. (laughs) Anyway, from there, we kept running into each other around the campus. Like Colin said, we were both in the biology department. So we ran into each other a lot. And then it really started at the Gulf Coast Research Lab one summer. Down in Biloxi, Mississippi. Yeah. So we had both traveled there separately for their biology program. And we really started hanging out there and going on different excursions and overnight marine biology trips. Yeah. And then she would help me study for graduate school because that's where I kind of had my eye going. And again, we just kept kind of running and coming back into contact with each other. And this 
kind of culminated in the the proposal uh, for me to Megan. Yeah, you had rented a boat in August of 2011, I yep. guess, and you had purchased some scuba gear where we could because we were both certified to go scuba diving. And it didn't quite work out that way. No, no, the gear was was broken. I didn't purchase. I rented it, and they okay. gave me broken rental equipment. So I'm glad it we didn't try and dive down because I probably would have died. Um, <laughs> well, we snorkeled anyway. It was yeah. it was fun. We snorkeled around the cliffs and stuff on the Bullshoals Lake, and it was a lot of fun. And then kind of towards the end, I had Megan go pull up the anchor, and well, when I turned around after having pulled up the anchor, he was on one knee. And I don't remember exactly what I said. It was probably something really cheesy about more adventures. And yeah, I have and no idea. Anyway, she, you said yes. That's really all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. so anyway, we got married January 7th, 2012. And four days later, we, we were, so we were both from Missouri. We got married in Missouri. And then four days after we got married, we moved right down to Lubbock, Texas for Colin's master's degree. Yeah. So we could go to, I could go to Texas Tech uh, for, for, my, for my master's. And shortly after, Megan got accepted to the master's program there as well. Uh, so her master's degree is in environmental toxicology. Mine is in natural resource management. And at this time, we weren't making a lot of money at all. And we knew that we needed to try and make more income. And so we challenged each other to come up with a side business or something that we could do as graduate students. And I had found an ad on Craigslist looking for a dog sitter when Craigslist was a thing. It's not really anymore. <laughs> not so much. <laughs> but back in 2012, it was. And so I just thought, okay, cool. That's something we could do. We love dogs. We both grew up around dogs. And why not? Yeah, my business was to be, be an aquarium cleaning and construction business, and I won't tell you which one was more successful. But <laughs> I, I mean, you did get a couple clients, uh, like, like two. two? <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> and uh, we we never had an official launch of our business. Business we just started offering our service, and Megan was really good, and still is really good about plastering our advertisements and messaging everywhere on social media and all the platforms, including Craigslist at the time. Yeah, so I signed up us up for Craigslist, um, just plastered an ad up there. I don't remember what I said, um, but yeah, I was. We were on Craigslist, and then we we're also signed up for Rover as well. Yeah, and uh, in the early days, we also did a lot of client referral discounts. So if a client referred us, they would get X percentage or X number of dollars off their next service that they used, and that was a great way for us to get into people's inner circles. It was easier for them to do that, to refer us out to them. And that helped us go pretty quickly. I mean, I will say that what we know about the pet care industry now versus what we knew when we started off in 2012. Which is, was nothing. Yeah, it was, it's light years away. Yeah. We we All we knew is that we loved dogs and we wanted to walk them. And so over the years, we have known about these trainings and certifications and all of these things that make a pet care provider awesome. And so it's just a learning process. So matter no matter where you are on that process today, you will always continue to grow and learn. And hopefully this podcast and the, the interviews have helped you do that along your journey. And so just know that everybody is on their journey somewhere. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then part of our journey was once we were done at Lubbock, uh, we moved to Arlington, Texas, so that um, I could continue on with a, another degree. And uh, we stayed with Rover and we started branching out more and more doing private sits while we were in Arlington. And again, really honed in on word of mouth, 
doing a lot of social media advertisements, not necessarily advertisements, but posting. We never paid for an advertisement. I think we've only done that like once in the last 10 years, but doing a lot of blasts and commenting on posts. And then we had our kids. And so we did take a break through with, with pet sitting when we had our kids. Yeah. I mean, we kept two of our very best clients, I think maybe three, but definitely two of our best clients. One that we just absolutely loved their dogs. Their dogs had been around kids already and were just very generous and nice to us. And then the other one was very easy drop in on their two dogs. And so we just, we kept our very best clients because we knew that the time for kids was going to be a huge adjustment and one that nobody can really prepare for. So we had really pared down our client list and we had given them months notice. I don't remember exactly. I think we had told them around the five month mark. Yeah. So we had given them about four months notice of when we were totally going to be ending pet care services for them. And most of them were, I think all of them were really understanding. They they were celebratory with us. They were excited for this new chapter in our lives and they all took it really well. And then we made the move to where we currently are in Missouri. Very very small town. (laughs) Smallest (laughs) town I've ever lived in. (laughs) (laughs) We did it to be closer to family and so that I could take a position to be a biologist with the Department of Conservation here. So I think important through all of this is we had always had different sources of income and and we still do. Yeah, we always had the business and something else. Either we were doing the business in conjunction with your job or my job or we just we've always had varying sources of income. And that's okay. If you do this part-time, it's okay. If you do this full-time, it's okay. Because 2020 taught us that you really shouldn't have all of your eggs in one basket. You need to diversify your income. And especially if you're interested in many things and being an entrepreneur in many things, it's great to have multiple businesses. So I was doing my nine to five when we moved here and Megan was running the pet sitting business. And then I would help out in the early mornings or late evenings and on the weekends uh, as I could and worked around my work schedule to help out. Yeah. Well, and when we moved here, we did not move here with the intention of really starting our business back up. It was only once we had been here for a few for a few weeks when I realized that this was something that we could do, that yeah. our, our area was really underserved in this area. and needed some pet care providers. And we already had five, six, seven years of experience. Almost seven years experience at that time. Yeah. So we thought, why not? Yeah. And so that's kind of when Funky Bunch Pet Care was born. Woo, Funky Bunch. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously that's a play on our last name, Funkhauser. And we had just kind of trying to figure out and toyed with different names. And we knew that we wanted it relatively short, easy to remember. And I didn't want to have both pet sitting and dog walking in there or pet services. Pet care just kind of encompassed everything that we had wanted to do in our business. And I also didn't want it based on location either because we're going to be potentially moving in the future or setting up remotely or whatever. And so you had come up with Funky. Funky. Well, because that's obviously with a last name like Funkhauser growing up for the past 30 years, 33 years at this point, you hear that a lot, Funky Funkhauser. And so it's kind of always in the back of my mind. And then Bunch came from when we would send updates and the owner had multiple dogs. We would say things like, the gang is doing well, the crew is well, the Bunch is doing great. And it kind of brought to mind this imagery of just having everybody 
all together. Like a community. Community as part of something. So it, things start to flow of like, join the bunch today. Be part of the bunch. The funky bunch. And it gives a little bit of personality to it as well uh, to let them know that while we do take this very seriously, while we are going to be as consummate professionals as possible, it's going to be a little quirky just because that's part of our personality. So it brought some fun to it, some this immediate connection. Uh, and it's been, yeah, so it's, it's very interesting to, to kind of work through that process of developing that name. Well, and it's memorable too, right? Like people are kind of thrown off of like Funky Bunch Pet Care. It's not a usual name that you hear. So <laughs> hopefully it's working out well for us. <laughs> yeah. And as we've, as we've uh, cataloged on the show with uh, developing the logo about Killed Us, um, later on, whenever we revamped that. So that that's always a, a fun thing to do, too. Before we continue, I do want to tell you about our sponsor for today's episode. 2020 showed us the importance of having a diversified business, as Megan just mentioned. As we take on new clients, there are many opportunities to add services and value packages to our clients. Courtney, owner of Palmetto Scooper, wants to help you be number one with your clients number two. Courtney is passionate about helping others excel with the poop scooping service. What tools and training do you need? What do you do with all of that poop? There's a link in our show notes for you to check out to learn more about getting started in pet waste removal and let Courtney get you started on the right foot today. So while Colin was working his nine to five and I was taking care of the dogs and the kids and <laughs> having a lot of fun. Oh, and I'm also a bookkeeper as well. <laughs> <laughs> all the things. Well, I, I just, yeah, I do like to do all things, but I, I enjoy all of it. So it's okay. Um, so while that was going on, we also decided to launch the podcast in August of 2019. So I think in July of 2019, you tell that story. I don't know. You had come up with a list of podcasts that you wanted to make or how did that come about? Yeah, I had, I've been a longtime podcast listener for probably the better of 10 years. been listening to various podcasts and there's always something that's interesting to me and fascinating, but I'm not a creative type. But all of a sudden I started to catch this bug of what we could possibly do. And I kind of liked the technology and I was interested in that. And I started to write down topics of possible podcast ideas. And finally, yeah, I did approach Megan with this idea of wanting to do something together so we could be more creative and involved and have fun with it. And the idea of talking about being pet sitters came up because I kind of looked at everything that was going on and was like, I think we can have uh, you know, a show about this and, and we've got some experience so we can just talk about some of our experiences. That's what we originally intended to do with it. And Well, hold on. That's not quite what I remember. Oh, no. <laughs> From what I remember, you were listening to a podcast talking about, I think, how to create a podcast or how to make a podcast, something like that. And you had written in your journal of different ideas that you could do like a science one or a mm. pet sitting one and for the pet sitting one you had outlined like 12 or 13 or 15 topics or episodes yeah. that would be possible and so then you were like this is what i think could be a podcast and i had said yeah let's do it <laughs> yeah. and i oh, think yeah. i think you turned white because <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I actually wasn't playing like megan is a doer i'm i get kind of scared sometimes <laughs> but uh, no, you latched onto it and you were really really excited about it and i think that's probably because i did have those first several episodes lined out and kind of had a roadmap of what was possible yeah. um because it was achievable to do those and originally it was just going to be us talking and yeah. then out of nowhere, Alex and Beth reached out to us. Episode number six. To be interviewed. And that completely changed the game. 
for what we've thought this podcast could be. And it really opened our eyes to a whole other world and all these experiences and stories and, and again, purpose and impact that the show could have. So then flash forward to March or April of 2020, so almost a year and a half ago, and your work brought you home, as did most everybody's work. He was able to do his nine to five from home here in the office. And that was a game changer for us. <laughs> yeah, I, I was working from home. I was able to help out a lot more in and on the business while working and, and doing my job. Yeah, he was able to come down on his lunch break and have lunch with us and the kids. And that was so nice. I know they really enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> and it just changed the whole schedule of like how quickly I had to leave in the morning versus rushing home to get back and and and, and everything. It just changed, I think, the whole way we viewed working together and working as a family and around our own schedules. And I think because of that, we started to get pretty serious about our business. It, w- it was really the first time in 10 years where we were both able to devote the majority of our attention and focus and energy on the business. Because I was home, we could bounce ideas off each other a lot more. We were in more contact about the operations and what was going on and a lot more of the details. And I think it just started to highlight this passion that we still had for this business and started us thinking about what we could do with it. Well, and also for the podcast too. During the pandemic, we started producing two, sometimes three, and I, even four for a few weeks. <laughs> four episodes a week. So for- tired. <laughs> <laughs> Those were awesome, though. We really cranked out episodes during that time because it was just, it was needed. We needed to know people's stories and how, what they were going through and how they were going through it and lessons they were learning. And so it, this has been so much fun <laughs> to, to really get to know as many people as possible in the pet care space and to really work with you on our own personal pet care business more and more. Right. So it really was a game changer. And then not too long ago, um, the work called me back in and said, okay, it's time to come back to the office and work full time from the office. Yeah, a few months ago. Yeah. And that first day back in the office was so surreal because I really had this sudden feeling like I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing anymore. Like I was not in my element, that I had had this taste of a completely different lifestyle and different way of doing and approaching things. And now it was different. And I didn't, I didn't, I, it really wasn't what I wanted. Uh, obviously, I missed being home with family um, and longed to have more control over my schedule. And really, again, thinking about like, started the gear started turning. What are the possibilities here? What could we actually be doing? What, what are things that I could be involved in and helping with that I wasn't able to do? Before. So at the end of July, we made a big transition for our family, for our business. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big leap. It was a really big and really scary. But yeah, I, I quit yeah. and decided that now was the time to go fully independent. We had already had our independent business up and running that Megan was was managing and I was helping out with. And we, when I was thinking about opportunities, I was able to see how I could slot in and how I could really think, okay, if I came along and was able to vote 40 hours instead of 10 hours a week to this, what could we do with it? How much different could it be? How could I make it easier on Megan so she wasn't have to run everything by herself? And went for it. I mean, every angle that I looked at it, it just made sense that now was the time and was the opportunity that we had to go for to make it. It had been... Yes, a few months in the making, but it was really 10 years building up to that, that, that decision of all of our experiences 
of of starting out and beginning knowing absolutely nothing growing then running and operating it part-time for so many years and then looking at what we had built up as part-time going actually this is full-time this is full-time <laughs> this, there's a there's a full-time opportunity here where i hadn't seen that before and so we went for it and we are not looking back no <laughs> <laughs> it's only been a month but it has been first of all a crazy busy month because oh it's insane everybody's traveling <laughs> um but it's been awesome to have you home and to really be working with you, helping out with the dogs and the kids. And this is just so great. I, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of where we are right now. We are both full time in this business, giving it our all. I'm still doing bookkeeping on the side as well, which I still really enjoy. So I don't want to give that up. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, dealing with the kids and we're going to be partially homeschooling them this year. So that's going to be a whole nother thing added on to this that I'm going to be helping out with more. So to answer the question, does your previous work experience influence the way you operate? Yes, I think so. And it will continue to do so. We talked a little bit about this in episode 202 with hiring, which was just last week, but communicating as effectively as possible with our employees and making sure they know that they will have independence and advancement within our business is really crucial. You know, we are coming from the field of science and experiments. So data and numbers really aren't that intimidating to us. You know, we, we're not really creative. So that's why this podcast was a stretch, but we both love seeing spreadsheets and really breaking out various numbers. It's so great to know that being an entrepreneur, the sky is the limit in our business. When working for someone else, if you work a nine to five, you know that there is always a cap on how much you can make. You can never make more than the CEO of the company that you're working for, right? But as an entrepreneur, the limit is really millions of dollars. <laughs> well, so too is the schedule and yeah. the flexibility and the balance that you're able to have. And I do think that both of our experiences working for somebody else really plays into how we are looking to hire in the future. And we'll talk about that in just a minute, but, and the importance of communication and working in the law, the science field of how important focused and clear communication is to get ideas, concepts across effectively is, is really important to both of us to be as clear as possible. And that will definitely be something that we bring in forward. And then, yeah, the number side too is really important to us so that we know how things are operating and not afraid to, to, to spend hours in a spreadsheet. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. <laughs> <laughs> so where do we go from here? What is our goal for our business? Well, we are planning on expanding into new areas around us. So we are kind of situated in the middle of the country, the middle of the United States, and there is a lot of opportunity where we live. Like I said, when we first moved here to this <laughs> very small town, there weren't really other pet care providers. And that's something that we had actually experienced back in Lubbock as well, because we had really grown our client list in Lubbock because, I mean, I was also back in 2012 when that really wasn't a thing. But we really grew it there, and we've really grown it here where there's not really a lot of other opportunity. So we are ready for a new adventure. 
and are really excited about trying new things in our business, like setting up our business remotely. So we want to expand it to new areas, and obviously we can't live everywhere, so we want to do it remotely. And that means hiring. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I know a lot of people are doing right now, and we are going through that process as well. So that's why you may have noticed a shift in the podcast episodes recently. As we are shifting our personal pet business, we are getting more and more curious about the different aspects regarding hiring and running a successful company that we haven't experienced yet in our 10 years. Right. Uh, We've managed maybe some people or had hourlies involved with us in the labs and stuff in past experiences, but actually hiring somebody and managing them for our personal business is something that we've never done. So we have been delving into every aspect of that and trying to learn about it as much as possible uh, because it is new and, and it is something that's a little scary for us because again, zero experience with that at all. And coming at this with these ideas and these uh, goals that we have for our business, realizing that this is a key component to that. So we want to do it right. We want to make sure that we are doing right by the people that we hire and doing right by the business and that it's going to be something that's mutually beneficial to both. And so that's kind of where we want to go with our pet business. We want to be able to work remotely and live remotely from where our business is. And hopefully we're able to do that in the coming year or so. <laughs> we'll, we'll find out. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we've got a lot to, to work through, but we're really excited about where, where we're headed. Now, I mean, we've done so much work even just the last month or two alone working towards that as far as getting our mindset right and getting, yeah. g- making sure that we fully understand what we're about to do and then committing ourselves to it. And that's really the biggest part, of I think, of it, of sitting down and realizing, okay, we, we know XYZ. We know XYZ. Now we need to just commit to doing X, Y, Z. And that's been, I think that's been the real switch, real, the toughest switch to flip for us is committing to just doing it and recognizing we know everything we possibly can at this point. It's not just about knowledge. It's about action. And that's where we are. Yeah. And so as far as the podcast, I know I say this all the time, but we want to do as many episodes as we possibly can. We want to interview everybody, gain as much knowledge about the pet care space, about how to run a business, about how client relations, employee retention, all of these awesome topics that I can't wait to continue to I mean, for you to continue to interview people. <laughs> <laughs> well, so and on that, if you are listening to this, and uh, seriously, um, we want to hear from you. We want to interview you. You may be sitting here thinking, uh, I'm nobody. Who would want to talk to me? We do. We want to talk to you. We want to tell your story and have you tell your story to listeners and to people around the globe, because that's the, that's the only way that we can all continue to learn and grow is when we are sharing. And so we genuinely, from the bottom of our hearts, want you to reach out to us and we will schedule an interview. Seriously. Yeah, well, and also different topics as well. There are only so many topics that we can think of, but I know you guys have so many more out there that yes. you would like to see, whether it's hiring or how to tell a client no, whatever it is, we would love to research your topic or have bring somebody on about that topic. And speaking of hiring, Wednesday's episode is actually with Amber Van Denzen. She's been on a couple times already, but she's going to be talking about her transition from independent contractors to employees and what you need to consider if you're thinking of making that switch. On this week's Ask a Pet Biz Coach segment with Natasha Obanian, she answers the question, how do you keep your staff organized? Time schedule. Time schedule is so great. 
Um, the thing about being a self-employed person or entrepreneur is you have to act like you would act if you were still in any of your old day jobs. You know, what do you do when you clock in at nine o'clock in the morning? What do you do after this task? What do you do at 10 o'clock? What do you do at 12 o'clock? When do you eat? When do you feed yourself? You know, when do you stop running around? When do you get some air conditioning? You have to be on a time schedule. Um, and that way, you know what you're doing. The employees know what to do. And they also know what's expected. If you're just winging it and rolling up and it's like, oh, yeah, we'll see us on books is at 12. OK. All right. Maybe tomorrow at 10. Um, let's, let's talk about deeper like time windows. That's why time windows are so important. First a.m. shift goes out between 10 and 12. So if you want to do a morning walk, it's going to be 10 and 12. I've had clients that I've coached that, you know, say, oh, we take some at seven, and then we take some at nine, and then we take some at 11. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm like, so if someone calls you, what do you tell them? We're like, we just take whatever time they say. And I say, well, what if, like, five or what, nine o'clock? What do you do? You can't be everywhere at nine o'clock. They're like, oh, we just, like, try our best, and then, you know, just go from there. And I'm like, what the heck? Right? So... You got to have time windows to say, what's your morning window? 10 to 12. What's your midday window? You know, 12 to 3 or 11 to 3. What's your evening window? We'll be there between, you know, 6 and 9. So keeping yourself, um, keeping your expectations clear, keeping your system clear, it's going to keep your business clear. No one likes going to work where they're like, I don't know what these people want out of me. I don't know what I'm really doing. I'm just here. I think I'm doing a good job. I think I'm walking properly. Um, you know, nobody wants that feeling. So putting your expectations very clear, making your system clear so everyone's always on the same page, you and the customer. If you'd like Natasha to be your personal pet business coach, you can head on over to startscalesale.com. And if you want to work with her as your own private coach, you can use the promo code PSC20 for 15% off her coaching services. We hope you've enjoyed today learning a little bit more about us. And we want to learn more about you. So you can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at Pet Sitter Confessional or just send a carrier pigeon, whatever. <laughs> we want to connect with you. We're not. <laughs> We also want to thank our sponsors, Palmetto Scoopers, and our awesome producers. Again, if you would like to learn more about what that means to support the show and be a producer, you can go to PetSitterConfessional.com slash support. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we hope to see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.